0: Continue the movements to go forward, man.
1: I <laughs> need love
0: out here.
1: Something said, something to be said about a woman who knows what they want, man. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: Hey, there you go. Listen <laughs> to the ladies. Listen to the ladies. That's Drew Stevens, there. <laughs> Let him know what you want. I'm taking though. I'm taking. I'm taking. <laughs> for <laughs> I'm get it, now, I'm get a shoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for, for now, you? he's taking. This will be my last running, man. Y'all want? Y'all want to send me out like? That? <laughs>
3: Uh, it's like, hey, hey, I don't want you doing that show no more. <laughs> Who are those guys you're hanging out with, man?
2: <laughs> Can't be trusted. <laughs> I heard that mess y'all talking. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. We keep, we keep it, Drew, on the straight and narrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Until after the show. No, <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, we just messing around here. This is running with war. Back at it for another week. And uh yeah, man, we having some fun already. I think this is gonna be a fun show because uh we gotta we're gonna start off. We talking about women. I think we're gonna start off with some women talk, some WNBA talk, because we got a, a nice a, a pretty pretty big story that that started off uh, that came across last week and um you know no, last week or le- yesterday I'm going to answer that's uh le- yesterday and uh has to do with the Chicago Sky who we you know we faithfully follow on the show it has to do with one of our areas uh brightest basketball uh, pro- uh, products miss uh, Candace Parker a lovely lady who is uh, also an amazing basketball player, and she will indeed, if you haven't heard, be playing for the Chicago Sky after a distinguished run as a Los Angeles uh, Spark out there in LA. Was really established herself as one of the era's best women's basketball players, and you know, an MVP, a champion, and she's bringing her talents back to the crib. You know, thereabouts she is from Naperville. But uh, six three oh 3 But yeah, but she she represents the 6 3 She does represent Chicago, so we ain't we ain't mad at her. And you know, she's talented enough to let that slide, so you know. But she's she's gonna be at uh, Wintrust Arena coming up this this uh, coming season. She's gonna be playing, and it's gonna be she's gonna be playing with a team that already put a scare in quite a bit of the league last year by their play. And, uh, you know, they didn't go as far as they might've wanted to, you know, some injuries held them up and stuff. And, you know, just the the overall stress and strain of playing in that bubble. But, you know, hopefully this season will be more approximate, you know, to the regular WNBA season. And, you know, Chris, we started with you, of course, you're a guy when it comes to the sky, you know, This was something that we were sort of imagining last year, you know, for it to actually happen, you know, how big is that for one? And and two, you know, does this make the sky into legitimate uh, title contenders for 2021?
3: Well, for the the first point, it's surprising, um, but it makes sense given that James Wade has gained the trust of his players, the organization, and now the fan base uh, with this move. He just got an extension, a multi-year contract extension. And yeah. as you know, the WNBA is unique in that the coaches are typically both the head coach and the general manager of the team. So he has roster control. And the Sky were at such a kind of a tipping point from their first uh, his first two seasons at the helm. You know, last, year was, last year was just a weird year in sports. But they uh, had to deal with uh, Diamonds, Diamond to Shields not being at full strength and yeah. Azrae Stevens picking up a midseason industry. Uh, and then both of them left the Wubble, at which point the Sky won two of their final eight games before the playoffs, I think, and finished Ooh. the season 10 and 12, uh, 12 and 10. And the big story was that they didn't have a lot of cap space. So um, Eric Nemchak, who writes, uh, but Lee for Winsider said that the main or Swish Appeal, sorry, Swish Appeal, said that basically the main uh, point of order was to sign Cheyenne Parker, who'd had her best season with the Sky in her first uh, five seasons in the league last year with the remaining cap space because she was due for a D. Uh, she was a free agent and due for a max contract. And when you shoot uh, near 50 percent from three and average about 13 and five in the WNBA. You do imagine somebody was going to pay her, so it was still a surprise, even as many people, even as many people saw that the writing was on the wall for Candace in in Los Angeles. What with her and Derek Fisher not getting along at all, it was still a surprise. I think, not just for Sky fans, but for Chicago sports fans, to get the big free agent that they wanted. Cubs fans, I think, are the most recent team for whom this has actually happened when they went on their big run for free agency and caught John Lester. They got uh, Jason Hayward in that mega deal and Dexter Fowler when they picked him up for that one year, uh, The one, what ended up being a one-year contract. So this is a this is news. Now this, to the second point, just statistically, the Sky are going to be losing some things in um, uh, shooting accuracy. They're going to be losing some things in free throw uh, percentage and both Cheyenne and Candace averaged 3.5 free throw attempts per game last year, and Candace shoots out just about 73%. She's around at that LeBron free throw range. What you're getting is better interior passing. You're getting a, a player that, who has respect no matter the free throw numbers. She's a former two-time MVP, nine-time All-WNBA. She has respect from both opponents and the referees. And you're getting a player who's won a championship. The sky tried to do that with Jontel Lavender and she got injured, unfortunately. And it's still kind of, I think it, it just shows that James Wade is ready to pull the trigger when need be because he let go of Jontel Lavender, who was popular with the players on the roster, and made the swing to get Candace Parker with the cap space that they had, knowing that next year they've got to sign or. Figure out exactly what to do with players like the Shields, Gabby Williams, um, and other players whose time. Uh, Steph Dolson, I think, is going to be coming up for either restricted or unrestricted free agency at that point too. So this is a big. This is obviously a big signing, as I said. I don't know necessarily if it makes them championship contenders yet, because you have to see how well the players work together. Candice is thirty-four. She's a veteran. She might be at that point where she's just like. I want to win. Obviously, she came here because she wants to win another championship. The first year, I think, is going to be telling, but it's going to be the easiest year uh, of any. So if the Sky go through a a good training camp and they come out of the blocks and win, like, five of their first six, their championship contenders no sweat. But I won't say that this move puts them in the championship hunt
2: just yet. When you look at this, you know, competitively, there's a lot that still needs to be figured out but really star, star wise, star wattage wise, like you're, this is about as good as you can get in the WNBA. You know, you look at Candace being not only a star in the game, you know, as a WNBA player, but being a star on TV for calling uh, and analyzing the men's game for TNT and, uh, the, and the NBA TV. She's, you know, very, like I say, she's very, uh, Has a lot of, as a big platform and, uh, is very uh, appealing in a lot of ways, you know, to say the least. And she's she's just a star. She's a, she's really a star. She's attractive. She has a, a story, a long story that people have known her for a long time, going back to Tennessee. And uh, you know, she's been a she's been a star in sports for a long time. So, you know, you look at the the sky. The only time the sky has had a player of this magnitude is uh, Elena Deladon, and they drafted her. So the you know, we go go to Chris's point about acquiring a player like this. That's something that you rarely that you haven't seen before with the sky and that you rarely even see throughout Chicago sports. Usually we we produce our stars homegrown in in our within our franchises, you know, to sign a person from another uh team is is rare of this magnitude. Josh, I wanna go to you because I know you're gonna you you got to have your opinion. You got some opinions about this, definitely. And like you said, she represents your area of Northern Illinois, <laughs> 630. And, and she's... West
0: side, Western suburbs, yeah, baby.
2: You know, Western <laughs> suburbs represent. But she, you know, I'm you know, I, 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 I I'm, I'm trying to... I, I guess I'm leaning in that way with you, I guess, like I said, about her star appeal and the, and the fact that, you know, may, she, maybe if if people are allowed to buy by May or so, you know, uh go to games and stuff, you probably that's probably gonna have an impact on ticket sales and stuff, right?
0: Oh yeah, most definitely. You're talking about, like you mentioned, the most decorated superstar in the WNBA since Ella Della Don. Um, that's a pretty big thing. And the fact that she is from from home and more specifically, yeah. a suburb that is relatively known i mean naperville is right it's next to the second largest city in illinois When you want to talk about the chicagoland area um so the fact that she has that notoriety coming from naperville um and the fact that she has the the history of um you know pat Summon at tennessee and the legendary career that she's had with the la sparksman you it's only it, it, i'm just It's it's very surprising but yet relieving that hometown grown players can feel the need and necessity to come home and play for their hometown, fr- hometown franchises, which is something that's, that's very rare. And I think for me personally, I'm going to give a little twist on this. Um, this doesn't just – to me personally, it puts the sky in a, in a higher projected level, especially since, the, since uh, Coach Wade has been there the two seasons that he's, he's been there. He's, he's led both the Chicago Sky to the playoffs, which they haven't done since two, 2016. So the fact that they're already on the right trajectory and the fact that he was able to sell the young yeah. core of, the, of Diamond DeShields and Gabby Williams, along with all-star, uh, point, uh, all-star play from Courtney VanderSloot and Allie Quigley, that core was enough to sell Candace to come, to come home, which leads to the development of the talent that he's had under, that has developed under Coach Wade's watch. And because of that, it's something that the Bulls should take notes of because of the fact that you have a new regime now and the Chicago Sky have pretty much fulfilled all the areas needed to get the superstar, especially the homegrown superstar, to come back home and fit a prime team that is arguably ready to, t- to take that next level right now. Um, the Bulls could potentially have that same success if they develop that talent and they need to take note of that. And I think if the, Bull- if the Bulls can take those notes and actually develop the talent that's already there, To a point where homegrown superstars were like Anthony Davis, where if you were talking about, even though he signed that max extension, if he wants to leave out eventually, or for some reason cut that deal short after the next two or three years, if depending on what LeBron does, if your core is developed, you may include increase your chances of getting someone like that to come back home. But you, but the talent has to be there, has to be developed, and that's something that we have to acknowledge, Coach Wade, for for and part of and his staff for doing that since he's gone to the Chicago Sky, and it led to a point where you can bring that top-tier superstar talent to come home, which is arguably the missing piece that the Sky really need in order to take that extra leap when you come playoff time.
2: Drew, what you think, man?
1: So I had I had two thoughts initially. My, my first one, just looking at Twitter and seeing, uh, you know, the Chicagoland sports fans and media just – you know, ecstatic. It reminded me of when the Bears signed Jay Cutler. When they got Jay Cutler before he actually suited up, I'm talking about when things kind of went <laughs> went south. But I, I remember when they when they got him, it was like, man, we finally got a quarterback, man. Like, yeah, that was, got- yeah that, was, that was the feeling. Yeah, that was the We finally got our guy. Um, obviously, things worked out the way they did. But my second thought went to D Wade and is Candace Parker going to be to the sky with D Wade was when he came back to the bulls? I dug a little deeper, got into some more research and I, I you know, I, I see that Candace um, shot a career best percentage inside of the arc. She still was good enough to be in the MVP race. So when I, I don't, I don't, I think my initial thought on, on her of of, of liking this to D Wade coming to the bulls was was, was, was wrong. Like I think, she has more left in the tank than D Wade did at that point in time. Uh um, D Wade
2: knew that he wasn't going to a team that's gonna be competing. Yeah. You yeah. know, with when he went to the Bulls. So
1: that's definitely true too. Um, but it's it's definitely exciting for the city. Um people are already saying that she's the the biggest free agent acquisition. Um, this side of Marion Hosa and John Lester, like we talked about. Um so it, about the it's, it's exciting times. I want to see, Chris, you would know this better than I will. I want to see who now goes to the bench now that Candace Parker's here. And typically when you when you when you when you're able to put a person that was starting, now they're on your bench, your team should go up. because you push people down a level. So I'm interested to see how they do. Um I know Chris is kind of holding out, holding out his his, his his, uh, his expectations and ambitions for them to compete for a um, championship, but I know some other people are, are putting them already on paper up there with Seattle and Washington and, and Las Vegas, so it's, it's going to be exciting. I hope, you know, knock on wood, everything works out well, that Diamond Shields can recover, uh, Stevens can recover um, and, continue to de- and continue to develop. Um, the other thing, other part of that is that even though she's older, she's right in that wheelhouse with um, Quigley and Vandersloot, so it, it's, it's win now, you know. It, maybe it won't be this year, but if they weren't already uh, in the conversation, you know, to be mentioned here and there with, with the three teams that I named, they definitely should be now on paper again,
3: yeah. Um, uh, Drew, I think the the good thing about this is that. Um, as much as Cheyenne, and I, I was a real favorite of Cheyenne. Uh, Cheyenne was a real favorite of mine, and a lot of other people. She took a, a great jump last year, and she, uh, more than I think anybody else on the team, really kind of espoused that um, big stepping outside to shoot three. She really been working on that, um, and it was one of those, one of the few uh, player working with a trainer off-season videos that I saw that came to fruition, and she shot near 50%. <laughs> From the arc, uh, but Candace will be stepping firmly into that spot, and Cheyenne Parker's um, already, I think, signed with uh, the Atlanta Dream, which we uh, we might not have time to talk about it, but with the with the possible sale of the team, they're already making moves in that regard. But Cheyenne would be would be filling that role, or uh, Candace Parker will be filling Cheyenne's role uh, because she started the most games that she had uh, in her career last year, so. It would be pretty much unchanged in the lineup. You might see a little bit less time for Steph Dolson, since um, she had she's she's dealt with nagging injuries the last couple of seasons, and her effectiveness wasn't as great as it had been in the past because she can also shoot from outside, but she's not the fastest um, on defense. So it, it it depends. She's an effective screen setter. So you don't want to lose that for a team that likes to use motion and uh controlling the ball from the top of the key and from the wing. Uh, and Allie Quigley uh, running running through screens, uh, like, you know, say just about any any three-point shooter on the catch and shoot. That's Allie Quigley's game. So I think Candace will be stepping into that role and possibly taking some of Cheyenne's, uh, some of Steph's minutes. But it, it, it remains to be seen.
2: Yeah, I was going to uh, ask about Cheyenne a little bit and you know uh Josh wrote a piece that's on the site right now we are that uh you know advocating for certain type of people including Ka- Kaepernick uh to m- maybe be involved with the selling with the uh app, the acquiring of the dream I should say you know uh I, LeBron James has spoken out about it uh explicitly and you know maybe Cheyenne may be an employee of LeBron so that's that's pretty you know probably an exciting place to go right now, Atlanta, given what they the role that they played in the elections down there in Georgia. And they see they seem to really be representing the league as a whole quite well right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a good point. It, and I just think at the same time, when you're talking about the Chicago Sky and you know, Drew and Chris mentioning the lineup, I mean, just think about how how much of a, how much this is going to free the sky offensively when you talk about a pick and roll between Courtney VanderSloot and Candace Parker. Or are you talking about maybe Allie Quigley coming off the pick uh, with, with Candace Parker and you got Diamond the Shields on the other wing. Like having a pick and roll with the guard play that the, that the Chicago Sky have with Candace Parker is going to free that offense up so much that Candace may have a field day literally to the point where she can cuz she's already like a multi-combination type of forward where she's a forward regard skills. So you putting her in the per, around the perimeter against other uh, big big uh you know fours and fives and centers in the in the WNBA, and you have someone like a Gabby Williams on the other on, the, on the other side who has slowly but surely improved her jump shot. You have someone on the other side you also Diamond the Shields or you maybe have Ali quigley who was a great catch and shoot three-point shooter. I mean that office is gonna open up and do wonders, man. And you got and Courtney Vandersloot, we already know was like the Steve Nash of the league, where she can facilitate and find anybody on the court, and that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a field day. I think that's just the that's an ideal fit to go along. Like if you're gonna replace someone like a Cheyenne Parker, you couldn't do better by getting Candace Parker.
2: Man, yeah. it's definitely gonna be exciting and fun to see that team come together and see you know, what they're going to be capable of, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely, you know, exciting times with the Sky, you know, definitely look forward to see how uh, things play out with them. Uh, like I said, w- one more reason to anticipate the the up- upcoming season. There already were enough reasons for this to anticipate the Sky season. But uh, this is definitely – it makes them not only uh, – a thing here in Chicago, but throughout the league. So, you know, you're probably going to see them a lot on national TV and stuff, and you know, it's, it's definitely a, a good thing to see that franchise really settle as a, uh, you know, with settle with his leadership, and uh, and be ambitious to get a player of Candace Parker's magnitude. So, you know, we definitely going to be uh, looking more into the sky in the coming months. So, uh, you know,
0: we Keep should be, put those, we
2: should
0: sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, most right. definitely. I mean, if anything, we really should be supporting WNBA and women's sports in general. Yeah, Let's just definitely. put that out there. We should, you know, we are glad that the Chicago Sky made moves to a point where at least the Chicago Sky fan base could be in, obviously increase more ticket sales, things to that, of more national notoriety and all that. But we have to always support the WNBA players and WN, and women's sports in general. They, you know, they balling just like us guys would do. And you know WNBA is you know Chris and I can testify to it, covering the games and energy and talking to the players and things of that sort. It's it's a hell of an environment. It's a and a hell of an experience that we should be supporting. So mo- most definitely, I had to put that out there, Kyle. My bad. I just had to put that out there where we support you know no, the, the WNBA I'll, sports. I had
2: I had to say it. We <laughs> all agree with that, man. And and this is though know, this is a week again where we're we're acknowledging the the year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death and you know you look at that being a large part of his legacy now his his willingness to step up and support women's basketball and women in the sports you know he he really was a leader in that uh in his last years and that's something that I think if you if you are any type of fan of Kobe's any type of admirer of his you should be trying to pick up that legacy and keep it going. You know, if you, if you a real hoop head, you're a real lover of basketball, you, you shouldn't be out here dissing the women and dissing their movement, you know? So yeah, let's keep that going. Definitely. For sure. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get into, let's get into the, 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 the NBA talk. Well, I, uh, well first though all, uh, I guess b- before we get to the bulls, I, I've noticed a couple other moves that are, you know, that have sort of popped up in the league. Chris, have, have, are any of those? I I can't speak with as much intelligence about them as you, but has, has any of the other moves uh, perked your ears, or you know, just made make you think that uh, will, they'll make a difference in the upcoming season as far as player movement in the league? Definitely. Um, Minnesota
3: has been making moves at a at a ridiculous pace. They got <laughs> Kayla McBride from Las Vegas. Um, she's a lights out shooter. They got Natalie Achonwa from um, the Indiana Fever, and she's a, a good post-presence who can shoot from the mid-range and gives them some more rebounding. Um, and they got Ariel Powers from Washington, who's another tough point guard. She and Christy Tolliver were on that Mystics team that won the, the finals two years ago now. Okay. Um, and she's, she's one of those players that you need on a team. She's just tough. She's not going to take shit. Uh, she's going to be in the opponent's face, and she's a quality uh, like point guard combo guard. Um, not at the elite level, not in the Vander or Chelsea Gray type level, uh, but she's she's just she's good. She's solid. She's tough. And uh, the 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 Lynx have kind of been trying to find their way since Maya Moore uh, stepped away from the game. And even though they're always competitive, they're just always a competitive team. They still got Nafisa Collier, who's great. Sylvia Fowles, who's great, um, and one of the more uh, – Crystal Dangerfield, who was underrated in the draft and surprised so many people, evidently, since she was drafted in the second round. They've had a, a quality team. They just weren't getting to that second level uh, with the Seattles, Washington, Las Vegas, Connecticut. So this is a move to try and put them them in that championship-tier echelon. It's not on the same uh, level as a Candace Parker just because the names aren't as familiar with the general public, but what well, the the moves that Minnesota are making are it's hard to match and then uh, Chelsea Gray actually went from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, yep, and she's a great point guard, and she's she has one of the best handles in the league, and Las Vegas has needed point guard help above anything else um. Uh, mm-hmm since they moved to Las Vegas from San Antonio. So this is going to be big for them as well. Because now they had Asia Wilson, who won the MVP last year, who was a mid-range player. She's old school to that, in that effect. She took the most mid-range shots of anybody and made the most. But now this gives them more of a deep threat, one to replace McBride. Kelsey Plum, um, who hadn't really – she had a ridiculous career at Washington and hadn't really gotten going in the league – and last year, she started to pick it up. So now you got two outside shooters and one who can get to the cup. So Las Vegas is cooking too. There's been a lot of moves made, and everybody was saying, "Wait till February 1st. And now it's just all coming like just gushing forth.
0: Yeah, that WNBA free agency ain't no joke, boy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no joke. Trying trying more... ride, they trying to get up with like N.W. like the like the NBA
2: now. They try to get up like they brothers, man. Huh?
0: <laughs> what they doing? WNBA doing hot
2: that's what's up. <laughs> pay yeah, attention, man. y'all, pay attention. Hey, you know, you, you talk about those two franchises, those are two, you know, Minnesota's been a, a, a real solid franchise for a long time. Like you say going back with Maya Moore and everything and, and Vegas is, is really sprung up and become a a consistent threat in the in the Western Conference now. So, yeah, that's it's going to be fun. It's going to be soon some competition out there for the sky. No doubt. No doubt. But we we were talking about, you know, the the big arrival and and there could be another big arrival on the hoop side coming soon for the bulls. You know, I'm speaking of the Lonzo show. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Lonzo or LaVar? (laughs) <laughs> I speak I'm talking about both brother. <laughs> you can't get one without the other. <laughs> what do you, what, what do we think man that you know Scoop, Scoop has put it out there some other folks have put it out there you know the Bulls are interested in you know the 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 talk well all the talk from New Orleans is that they, they're interested in getting off some players the, Lonzo Reddick I mean, Eric Bledsoe, some of the, the older guards that they got because they got, you know some younger guards behind them who they may want to give some uh, give some more playing time to. They had they got up to a bad start, you know. I thought they would they would do better than this coming out, but they're they're next to last in the West apparently right now. And I have to look at the updated standings. Well, last I heard they were next to last, and yeah, they're going to be sellers. And it looks like Lonzo is the is the the main bait right now, you know, the Bulls still really don't have a playmaking guard that they would like to have, like a a, a consistent distributor in that in that uh, you know quick handles, quick you know good court vision, you know guy who can really doesn't need to shoot to be effective on the court, and you know it's something that a lot of people. You know, if you ask Bulls, it's, I guess it's, everything with Bulls fans is mixed. But you know, if you know, I guess let's let's just go let's just go into it ourselves. Like, what do we think of this? Like, should should be this be something that the Bulls try to force and make happen? This, this is this something that they need right now? Because you know, we we'll, we'll do some we'll do some sizing up of them overall in this segment. And you know, they they performed well. They performed. They they definitely could be worse. But uh, you know they're at they're they're sort of a five hundred team right now. They're seven and ten, but you know they've lost a couple games that they shouldn't have. But they may have also won a couple games that they shouldn't. But like I say, they have they have talent. We know that that's established. Certain, but with the talent that they have, will it work with a player like Lonzo Ball
0: in the mix? I think so. I think it, I think it can. It's just but the real question is, what do you do with Kobe White? Because you made it known in the very beginning of the season that you gave him the keys to be your future point guard and you want to see how he how he takes it. And even though he has shown some signs of development, it's also pretty clear that, you know, Kobe White's a scoring point guard. He is what he is. Um, he's not really the main facilitator of an offense yet. And I think his more comfortable role would be to be the scoring two guard, similar to like maybe a Kyrie Irving type of role, where he may not be a real point guard per se, but you put the ball in, and you put the ball in his hands, he can get you a bucket for you. So if you really, if you really believe that Kobe White isn't going to be the point guard you ideally need, then yeah, it will make sense to go get Lonzo Ball, who is someone that can facilitate, distribute. And on top of that, boost your your perimeter defense, because he's an all-defensive type of player. He has the potential to be really be an all-defensive player, especially from that point guard position. But at the same time, you got to figure out what you're going to do with with Kobe White. Do you want to keep him and maybe bring him to the bench, make him like a six-man type of role to help boost boost that second unit? Or do you have to get rid of him for Alonzo Ball, which is something. I don't know if you're the Bulls want to do that right now. So you got to figure out what you're going to do with Kobe White before you consider anything regarding bringing Lonzo Ball in. But if you're just talking about just straight X's and O's, oh, most definitely. Lonzo fits perfectly. He fits perfectly.
1: So I think, you know, uh, piggybacking off of what you just said, I think Lonzo shores up two of the biggest weaknesses that the Bulls have in their defense and their playmaking ability. Outside of Kobe and Zach, nobody can really create their own shot. Um, That being said, if Lonzo's going to make his way to Chicago – I would rather see Laurie dismissed over into New Orleans for him. We keep Kobe, let him come off the bench as the first guard. Um Laurie, he's had he's had a, a a better season, a better go of it um this year when he's been uh on the court. I know he had uh, some health and safety protocol absences. Um but he's just he's too inconsistent with it, both his production and his aggressiveness for me to justify giving him the amount of money that it seems he's going to want. I would much rather, if I if I had to pay somebody, I'd much rather let him walk um, to New Orleans, bring back Lonzo Ball, see what Lonzo can do for this lineup, for the starting lineup, see if he can help stabilize things. Because um, the bench has been really the driving force of this team other than Zach Levine scoring. Um, Let's see what Zach can do, or see what I'm sorry, see what Lonzo can do, um, see how he helps the guys uh, kind of fit into their roles better, um, and just and, and take it from there. I think he is coming up on a he's gonna have to be paid too in the summer. Uh, that's why I was alluding to him and Laurie and both of their money and what they're gonna be looking to get. Um, but I do this, I do this. Uh, I, like I said, I'd rather it not be for Kobe keep him on the bench because he can he can give you some some punching power uh, off of that bench. Uh but let us let's, let's roll the dice man. Let's roll the dice on Lonzo.
2: Yeah, I've heard some people you know, some some trade scenarios bring up Laurie. And like you say, Drew, he's he's risen to the occasion at times this season. It's been good to see him play better in this system that that he did with you know, it proved some things that he just wasn't working well with the last guys that were with control and everything. So he's shown that improvement that we want to see. But, you know, he's definitely could be on the trade, on the trade market. You know, I, I, I wonder though, you know, would it be prudent to put him out there, you know, in the face of, you know, they don't do the same things, of course, but, you 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 already are dealing with Wendell being out and losing, not having him available again on the front line on the, in the front court. You know, to get to give away Lori in this situation, too. You know, I don't know. You know, that's is there something that you know for for Alonzo Ball, I don't know if that's enough to give up at this point, unless you're just like, you know, maybe. You know, maybe you are sort of like, well, this season isn't the season where we're where we're going to be competing anyway. Let's just, you know, we may or may, we may or may not. We're still on the fence with uh, extending Lori and having a, a long term relationship with him going forward. So maybe we should see, maybe we should max out, you know, the uh, what we can get for him and get a guy in Lonzo who definitely could shore up our backcourt and make our offense and defense stronger in certain ways. But, you know, I, I would be, you know, I I sort of want to throw this question out too. Do you regret not trading Wendell earlier, you know, before the season, but, you know, you'd, you'd still be in the same position anyway, if you traded Wendell before the season, but with, like I said, having Wendell not available now for possibly a month going forward, would this be the time to give away Laurie as well? I don't know. This Let me add one more thing. It, it, it's it's tricky, and
1: uh, don't misunderstand. I, I wouldn't do this head up. Like I need something else coming with Lonzo back to Chicago if uh, we're giving sure. up Laurie. Um, but I think he's also more of an attractive piece for New Orleans who is sacrificing Zion's overall game because of Steven Adams being right next to him, plugging up area that he can be surveying on the court Lowry gives them an option a shooting option a stretch four, or stretch five four whatever you want to pair him with with zion and let zion be able to uh have more space to do what he needs to do down low um in terms of 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 carter and the timing with his injury i'm not as that's not as much of a sticking point for me because because Laurie's not the best defender um I think it's going to be more by committee. Um, I, it sounds like uh, Donovan is going to do that and kind of lean again on his vets, uh, like in Thad Young, and just go small and try to
2: figure out what to do match wise after that. Could mean could be more of a chance for Gafford to be showcased as well. So, yeah, maybe.
0: I
3: feel like I've seen less from Daniel Gafford over the last couple of weeks than, than we saw um, early on. Um and that's just that that bothers me just because um I don't know if his playing time's been reduced in favor of Pity Pat or if his plays just regressed. But that's mm-hmm. just to that point. I really liked what Gafford uh showed, and then it seems like I'm not seeing as much of it. I, I think that that coincided
1: with um marketing coming back. Um and then I think yeah. you, you know uh, Donovan kind of going back into the game with with marketing in the 5 and and mostly wings and and Zach and um Kobe on the court with him um and then just Gafford he's not quite a he's not really a starter yet you know
0: Gafford doesn't so, have an offensive game that's that that's the that's the thing when you're talking about big men that um that can pr- produce offensively for the Bulls even though Wendell Carter's a more defensive player, at least he had some type of offensive skill set with him to where if you give him the ball, he can do something with it. Daniel Gaffer doesn't have that. He's more of a Dennis Rodman type. You rebound and you Lean defend there, very yeah. well. So if you, so, that's why Gaffer may not see as much because the Bulls need offensive production outside of Zach. And if Laurie ain't gonna give it to him, and Kobe's cold, where, where's your go to? And you know that's and that's probably why he hasn't played as much either. Because if you're asking him to be a starter, you got to do more than what you what your skill set provides, and he doesn't have that offensive skill set yet to where he can give that much on the court, and and, and it just sucks too because yeah. Wendell, Wendell, like many Bulls picks, has been pledged by mem- by so many bugs of injuries that you just don't yeah. know what he has. It's yeah. the same thing with Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is was hurt. For, for, for predominantly almost his entire tenure with the Bulls, even though he has glimpses, he couldn't really progress that much because of the fact that he was being injured so much. So it's like I don't know what you do with him. And honestly, I don't know if you would even try to get rid of him at this point, just because if they're, injury plug, un- if they're injury bugged, you don't know what you're going to get from them because no team's going to just give you a pick just for the fact that, you know, someone's injured and can't even pl- stay healthy for a full season. Especially with the, with as young as he is, you got to show and that, that he's durable,
2: right? And that's that's why I brought up like the timing. Like I don't know how close, how far along any conversations were with Golden State at the draft, but you know if if, if you could have made that if you could have made that deal, you may be regretting it at this point. Especially if 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 your main reasons for not extending uh, Wendell stem to him not being healthy if isn't if it's more so of him not being reliably healthy than than his playing ability you could have unloaded that lemon back in november and moved on and maybe had you know maybe had james wiseman <laughs> you know <laughs> who's looking like uh, you know he's a guy you want to have at this point you i was know, definitely
1: so. i was definitely a part of the um don't trade Wendell Carter for Wiseman at first. And then the first couple games they got blown out by Indiana and Atlanta. And he's struggling. And he's albeit taking shots that Donovan wants him to take from beyond the arc, but he's clanking them and clanking them. I'm like, man, that, that trade looking real good right now. But then he picked his play up and he's I think he's he's fitting more of that role of what Donovan wants him to be. Um, outside of the shooting. He's not it's not just about a three-point shooting with Wendell or his defense. He it sounds silly, man. I, I feel like an old dude saying it, but he sets apparently he sets great screens. He get he frees guys up which <laughs> you need. But he even more, but he, but even more so, um, he also allows him, allow the offense to play off of him when he catches the ball, like in the high post. That's a, that is a lot of their offense as well. Um, and going back to Gafford, in addition to his foul trouble and and lack of an offensive game, I don't know if he has that. He doesn't have that. That passing IQ just yet. Uh hopefully he gets it because that can be, you know, a, a boost for the Bulls bench. Um but <laughs> with that 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 Wendell Carter trade, man, it's crazy what a week or two can do.
0: Yeah, Wendell <laughs> one I think Wendell for me is a confidence thing. Because if you watched him play under Fred Hoiberg, he had an offensive skill set where he was getting the ball and making those post moves and he made scoring a lot easy. But when you transfer, you know, him being hurt. And on top of the fact you went to Jim Boylan, it seemed like he forgot how to play basketball. And mm-hmm. then now you're under Billy Donovan, you're trying to revive some of that confidence, revive some of that new regime, and you don't know whether or not you're gonna get extended. I mean, that's, that could mess up your psyche a little bit to where now you're trying to relearn how to replay basketball under a coach that's proven he can, you know, take you to that next level but well, you're still trying to figure things out because you went from so much dysfunction that you can't even function your own self. And I think that's, and I think really it's a confidence thing. And that's, that could be something that Wendell is dealing with, especially since you want to talk about a completely different change from the beginning when he was with Fred Horberg all the way to now, just his regression was, is it's impeccable. And I think it's because of the fact that you went through so much change with how, you're trying to fit in with the coach, and the coaching the coach has a different style here and there, and you trying to you are trying to fit in. I just think that's part of why he struggles so much. It's not that he doesn't have the skill set per se. I think it's just because he's just lacking confidence in what he really, what his skill set truly is, because of the style the coaches he's played for wants him to play. And hey,
3: you know what's what's funny is we say all this just looking at the numbers, and I know you can't go by the numbers exclusively, but Wendell is on his third head coach, like Josh said. He's shooting about the best with fewer minutes, and his offensive rating and defensive rating are near the best of his career um, so far. His young career uh, is points per game. Uh, is a little bit uh, lower, but his shooting percentages are, are better. Even his three-point shooting has improved uh, up to this point. So I, I see the same things. I've seen the same things in games, but even advanced stats say that he's better than he was uh, under Hoyberg for those twenty-four games and under Boylan uh, for the year that must not be talked about. Um, I'm I've been a Wendell guy just because I like that he when Steph No when Stephen No put out the tapes or the little clips showing how advanced he was defensively even in his first year in the league. I really wanted to hang with him. And it, it just the injuries are all that he needs to be at the very least a serviceable a serviceable big in this NBA day and age. But the injuries are a big are a big deal. You gotta be able to stay on the court. You you have to be able to stay on the court. And I hadn't even seen I had been out of the loop for the last few days. So I was surprised to see that he was out with another another injury, and it's going to be a long-term one, and it's going to be another one of those injuries. Hip contusions, any any hip injuries, especially for a big a guy who has to jump a lot and, and rove around on defense like he does, that's going to be difficult. So I, I hate to say you want to cut bait, but you might
2: have to. Yeah. It's, it's, All, it's tough. Man, Cause he, like you said, he showed promise, Chris. It, you know, but maybe if anything, maybe the Bulls can bring him back on a discount, and and he'll play out the second part of his career. And maybe he'll form into maybe maybe he just needs more time. Maybe he just needs more strength. You know, more strength. Uh, in and, and you know, more of a, a different regimen or something with his with his body or something. And maybe, like I said, maybe he just needs to grow more. I don't know but uh we'll see we'll see and you know looking at the bulls overall you know you know and regardless of who who may or may not come uh to the team in the in the near future you know they're 7 and 10 team right now they they're at number 10 in the east which you know which is the lowest spot that they could be to even think about the playoffs if they if you know at the end of the season cuz of the play and and um you know we didn't talk about them last week of course looking at what they've done since they came back from the west coast uh you know they they played the thunder out there in in oklahoma city had that bad loss uh come from behind loss they held off the mavericks uh in in dallas beat the rockets at home had a convincing win against the hornets uh a week ago and you know, since then a couple of losses, you know, the Lakers run them run them through the ringer on uh, last Saturday and uh Celtics just outpaced them on Monday. You know what what do you guys think about the uh the recent results from the
0: from the Bulls? Same as previous previous years. You play What's your about- best you yeah, you play you play against um you play your best against teams that are subpar or below 500, but you struggle against the best, and that's been the, always been the, the the Bulls ever since all this mess started. They they, they never knew how to play a consistent, <clears throat> uh, consistent you know play of game. They just never they, they they haven't been able to do that, and that all you're seeing is part of it's Still a continuance of that process, which is something that as Bulls fans hated for so much because we, we knew that, especially if the talent is there, they can at least make things more competitive. They can at least make things more, um, uh, they can make adjustments to at least put themselves in better positions to win. And yet, even though they, even, and even with that, they don't know how to fully win yet, especially on the biggest stages. against um, better teams. And I think that's, that's just a continuing, I think that whole week was just a continue of what we already knew. The question is, when are they gonna grow out of it? When are they actually going to take it to that next level and win game, win close games, which we have seen they can do? But where's the consist- where's the consistency that's, that comes along with that? And who else is going to be that go to person to step up when those times matter? If Zach Levine can't be that guy at the end of the stretch to to, 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 to bring you through? Yeah, so, Drew,
2: I, I was gonna I was gonna give it to you, Drew, but uh, I just wanted to say right quick. You, know, you look at these last two results. You're talking about the Celtics and the Lakers, two top teams. And no, you know, they didn't they didn't really have any much for either of them. They played the Lakers much better in LA than they did at home, unfortunately. I think those results are, are very disappointing, as much so as as a game like that Oklahoma City game, which they had in the bag. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you look at them playing two teams that they're they're looking up. To in in the standings and looking up to and on an organizational level, like you say, Josh, you want to see more from them in those games. You want to see more fight, more of a a competitive fire, and you know that's you know it. Hopefully, the hopefully the, the guys themselves aren't as discouraged by those results, but definitely as fans, we could look at those results and be like, yeah, it's more of the same because they just don't have enough to compete against the best teams in the league and you know it, it didn't look like that for a couple of weeks it looked like they were getting they were doing something beyond that they were that they were actually competing with the better teams in the league like they did it do a lot of that west coast trip even though they didn't have a winning record on the trip you know they played the clippers well they played the lakers well but you know those two losses these two recent losses didn't help things and then you have the the issue of not playing a game, which takes you out of your rhythm, because of the COVID stuff with uh, Memphis. They they miss a game and now they're waiting until Saturday where they still have to play. Uh, they're gonna play Portland, but uh you know I, I wonder how that's affecting them too. Just getting out of the 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 rhythm of playing a game every other day or so, and they have a, a, now a six day wait too on on top of that, but. But you, uh, you know, go go ahead, man. What what you want to say?
1: I was gonna say, uh, you know, this season, we know we got to kind of take these results with a grain of salt because this is not going to be the team uh, that we believe is going to be next next year, next season. Um, That guys in and out of the lineup. That first game against the Lakers, Wendell was in and uh, Anthony Davis was out. That's huge. This last game, it was vice versa. I'm not saying Wendell Carter's a world beater, but I think he would have given a little, just a little bit more resistance um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to Anthony Davis um, and fit guys more into their role. Speaking of Daniel Gafford, uh, instead of having to, you know, uh, spend the bulk of his time guarding Anthony Davis or starting out on Anthony Davis, you know, he's able to come in and be more of that spark plug that he's currently best fit for. Um, but I think it kind of just comes down to, the personnel that we have, the coach that we have, we're now getting to the point where we can beat the teams we're supposed to beat, but we're still not yet good enough to beat the teams that we need to be, to be in that same conversation with those teams. If that made sense.
3: I get that as, as a fan, it's frustrating, but I'm happy, man. The Bulls are watchable. That's what we wanted. Yeah. That's really what we wanted, right? We endured a year plus of the Bulls being supremely unwatchable, save for some heroic Zach Levine and Cameron Payne perform. Was campaign before Boylan or or was that Hoiberg?
0: The Cameron Payne game. I think he played under Boylan a little bit. Yeah, he manned Bridge both, yeah. But
3: outside of those, like, comments the bulls were i wasn't trying to watch the bulls that's this Bush. is what you want now they 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 whooped up on oklahoma city which is a bad team if they played um if they played the pelicans when they play the pelicans depending on what the moves that we were just talking about you expect them to play the pelicans tough um and probably beat them if the bulls can if the bulls can handle the lower part of the of the uh, nba that's a step forward in itself. Um, sure. mm-hmm. Billy Donovan has his team looking absolutely different. Now that said, I wasn't expecting them to beat the top tier of the NBA, except on some nights where they get lucky. And the pandemic has thrown a wrench in everything. So even those you you, you play with, with the, you play in the world that you, that you're given, but even those results, if you compare them to a normal NBA year might be skewed just because players are in and out of the lineup. Um, but I'm I'm okay with the Bulls being seven and ten, regardless of the results on the West Coast, which two or three games they could have and probably should have won, where the team could easily be eight and eight or uh, nine and seven maybe. But that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a team where you, instead of saying, "Man, I can't believe they won that game. They were supposed to get ran that game. They messed up my betting," to <laughs> Man, I can't believe they lost that game. This is the team that's supposed to win that game. They haven't, I don't know if they've learned how to win yet, exactly like you said, Kyle, outside of Zach Levine saving the day or just <laughs> keeping the Bulls in games by sheer force of will, um, which is another reason why I don't want to let him go necessarily. They don't have a guy yet who has, I think Kobe White's had some nice fourth quarters, but not a performance that wins you a game yet. they're looking for guys to close. At some point in time, Billy Donovan's going to say, yo, Kobe, we need you to make a play here. Uh, At some point in time, he might, hopefully in the future, this is my guy, might say, Pat, we need you to make a play here. And that's when the Bulls are going to learn to win. The Portland game was a start, but they need a game. uh, They need another game, I think, where they're down big in the third quarter, come back and pull it out for the team to learn to win. And it's got to be somebody like Laurie hitting those shots that just at the end. If that, if Laurie's not that guy by now, he's not that guy. But somebody's got to take the reins at the end, especially uh, just so it's not just Zach who is the only guy who can make those shots.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, how I think because – I think it's because of the fact that they – I think they already know what they're going to get out of Kobe, which is why they're forcing Zach to do more. Because if you notice in, in, in the recent game, Zach has been more of a facilitator and a playmaker for everybody while also asking him to get 25 to 30, while also asking him to be the best defensive player around, around your perimeter. That's a lot of usage that, they tr- that, that he's been doing ever since Jim Boylan's era. And even though you know they're trying to eliminate that, I think because of the fact that they know that, okay, Kobe White has a long way to go and we're trying to keep this, keep these games interesting and afloat. Zach, when we are we, we, relying on Zach to do everything still. So where's your veteran help? Where's the assistance that's going to take place for Zach to eventually do what he needs to do and still seal those games off. If he had that extra go-to person, maybe he could have been the guy down the stretch to, to to make those last minute baskets or to at least make the right plays and trust his teammates for them to for, for them to seal the deal. But they're using Zach so much that as much as you want Zach to be that guy, and he's shown every year that he's improved that he can eventually be that guy, right now he's not that ultimate guy. He's still a 1A option. So if you're gonna utilize that 1A option, you better have a hell of a 1B, C, D, and everybody else that can help bring, build him up because you don't have that superstar that can close the game for you. You don't have that superstar that could just automatically take over in the last four minutes even though we know zach Levine wants to be that guy and is striving to be that guy but outside of that you got to get some extra help and these and the veteran guys that you have they're they're role players for a reason they're not meant to take on that extra role that we that, uh, that zach ultimately needs so where do you find it and let, me, and let
3: me just say something else here ernie uh i'm just messing around um <laughs> You know, it's funny you look back, and they weren't these guys. They weren't those big guys. But when the Bulls had Rose, they still also had Luol Deng. And later on, they had Joakim Noah, who was the unlikeliest of guys who could really, in some way, make the big play to close out a game. That game where he had the – Bellinelli missed the shot, and he dove out of bounds for the loose ball, and he had all those triple-doubles his uh, DPOI season. Noah was making – Closing game, closing plays down the stretch. Whether it was a pass, or whether the defense left him alone and he hit a jump shot, Joakim Noah was hitting closeout jump shots. So no matter what, they always had the second guy. And you're right, Otto Porter is not that guy. Thaddeus Young is not that guy. So it's got to be some of these guys that they've drafted that they've looked for to make that move. And it, I hope I, Josh, no disrespect, I hope you're not right because if this is the best, if this is the best that we can get from Kobe White. It's not enough. But I think that's 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 good. we we know
1: that we I, th- I think we know that. E- even before this, even before um you know uh Kobe White was given the keys to the to the team before this season starts uh season started, we knew that we needed at least one other star, one other bucket getter to, to pair with Zach. Um and I think uh undercurrent that's also kind of kind of ride underneath this season is how long does Donovan a.k.a. Mark Eversley how long do they sacrifice these young guys experience in the clutch for wins you know because you you count on Thad Thad Young and Otto Porter and Garrett Temple who's been a huge free agent signing you're counting on them to close games for you at the expense of some of these younger guys who ideally are going to be here longer than these than this new, you know, benchmark. So what do you do? You know, I I imagine that one of, one of these um, role players may be getting traded to because they have really pumped up their, their value. Uh, so that's something that we're going to have to keep
2: uh, an eye out for moving forward. And that's it. That's it's the point there. Cause that reflects what we just said with new Orleans, possibly that they're motivating Made motivation for getting rid of someone like Lonzo, or or someone like Reddick, who maybe if if he went to the Bulls, might be at least a a short term remedy in regards to a lot of what we just were talking about. Mm-hmm. In regards to getting, you know, making shots and being a clutch shot maker,
1: you can never have too many shooters.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took. Uh, let's let's transfer over a little bit. You know, we. You know, they're talking to the Bulls. We'll see we'll see how they do this weekend, uh, against Portland and going forward. But uh, you know, we talk about deals and stuff this week, you know, acquisitions and trades and everything. And you know, I wanna you know, I wanna get uh, your thoughts on some other folks who you may wanna see or you think uh are are really uh you know, it's sort of elementary right now that they're gonna be on the move. I think Right now, uh, it's sort of almost like a, a whole call celeb in the NBA. Right now, that you know, everybody's feeling bad for Bradley Bill. You know? <laughs> he, he's oh, it's, it's, he, pretty soon gonna start having uh commercials where it's like you know, uh, asking people to pitch in on a deal for for Bill, like for 35 cents, you can have his all star,
0: the <laughs> suffering all star. I'll create a <laughs> funny thing. I'll do it. Be <laughs> my dude, Bradley Bill Support his, tra- support his trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll like, do it. I'll do it. They're gonna get. They're to get. Like
2: they get some fundraising up, man. Uh, you know, I, I, one of the fundraising sites or something. Man. But I, people feel bad for him, man. He's he just scored a, had a forty seven point game, and that you know that brings up the whole thing. The, this incredible stat of him being having scored 40 points, the 10th straight game where he scored 40 points in his loss. Uh, That's the most in in NBA history. And, you know, he doesn't want to play on that team. He doesn't want to play with Westbrook. They're, they're one of the two worst teams in the East. You know, it's a waste, man. It's, it's really a waste that he's there. And, you know, what, what is, is it, is is anybody going to save him? Like, is what are we going to do with this guy?
1: I hear talk of Miami, like Tyler Hero. I don't know who else Miami would include. Uh, it was a question on Twitter: If you're Miami, would you would you let Tyler Hero go for Bradley Bill? Hell yeah, we'll let Tyler. Hero go. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? Is that a question. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Like <laughs> that's that. I that was. I was. I was.
2: Drew was you like still, you can't fall in love with a couple of <laughs> a couple of unexpected playoff games, man. Mm-hmm. you know.
1: Drew was Bradley saying. Bill Bill is, is real. It's levels oh, to this, God, man. You, Bradley man. Bill it's levels to this, man. You can't come on, man. Come on. I like I like <laughs> of your role, but come on, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a different a different take on this because I'm like everybody else. Get rid of Bradley Bill. Let Bradley Bill go to a contender and actually compete for a championship. If the Lakers could somehow get him, oh my God. It that <laughs> <let> LeBron <laughs> has already made it known, Bradley Bill is like one of my guys. He loves Bradley ah. Bill. So that would be crazy. But I will say this. It's like uh, J. Cole said. Drew's wild kingdom over there. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this. And this is a take that I think is, is overlooked, but it does need to be brought up. It's the fact, the fact that it's like J. Cole said, and in his, it's in his infamous song, world models, which by the way, it's his birthday. Shout out to J. Cole today. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, he wrote on that album no role model he said don't save her she don't want to be saved right (laughs) bradley bill don't want to be saved and i'm saying this because (laughs) look at this contract this dude signed you had a chance when you could to get out earlier when all this was already taking place but you wanted to remain loyal you also wanted to get that extra big check which i don't blame you because i mean two years for 70 mil 70 some mil i'll take that too but at the end of the day at what cost? Because if you're talking about winning, you already knew two years when you signed that contract. Washington wasn't going nowhere, especially since that future was very uncertain because John Wall was, wasn't healthy. Wizards, the Wizards didn't have any real talent. You, you didn't know what to, how you – you didn't really interact with the coach much. Like, you knew the writing was on the wall when it came to your tenure in Washington to win the championship. So if you, wanted, so if you knew that from the beginning – why would you sign that deal to keep you in here for at least another year or two when you was going to go through the same process over and over and over again? In that sense, you kind of put yourself in your own little hole. So as much as I want to save the brother, as much as I want him to go, you don't want to be saved, bro, because you put yourself in this position. So <laughs> save yourself. I, I don't know what to tell you because he put himself in this in this position. So hopefully Gotta someone bites cold, the bait man.
2: and get him over. I was about to say, John's cold as ice. Yeah, he' you on know, some iceberg slim man. You don't want to be saved. <laughs> I I, I kind of I I see what you're saying, man. And I was thinking that too a little bit earlier today. You know, in, you know, taking in the coverage and stuff of him, like, like he yeah he is he such this he is this source of pity right now and. You know, you you wonder with, you know, you wonder about the decision that he's made in the past. I also wonder, too, about just, you know, of course, he's a he's a supremely talented player. But you could put a player, you could put a supremely talented player in another spot and not necessarily get what you expect to get from him or what you want to get from him. You know, just just putting just dropping him off in any number of. Of competitive situations doesn't necessarily equal that they that that you no know, one plus one doesn't always equal two. Sometimes it equals three. Sometimes you get a little bit more than you want to get. Sometimes it equals one point five. Sometimes you get a little less than you want. And you know, I I, I wonder like for him all these years and playing in D.C. and being the man scoring forty seven but not winning. You know what does that also do to your competitive nature when you do go to a team where you may be dependent more to move the ball around instead of you know just making making the you know being a black hole for the ball as it were as they said in Eddie <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it, it, I, I, I say it. I just wonder who, how would he play with with the, with any team of 76ers or the Heat. Of uh, my, uh, you know, uh, uh, L.A., you know, either L.A.T. Wh- whoever, you know, uh, it's it's interesting to see, but you know, the the ch- we still don't even know what's the possibility of him being traded at all, but it seems like that's the main guy right now that everybody just wants to see in a different situation. We look at who's following the lead, you know. I'm, I'm just wondering, do you guys have anybody else in your mind where it's like, you know, af- after all these deals we've had. The Harden deal and everything. You know, is there anybody else out there who's just stuck on a on a raft on a lifeboat who just like, you know, I, we want to welcome you onto this yacht, man. We want to bring you into another situation.
3: If there's anybody who I want to have who be to be saved from anything is Carl Anthony Towns, and that's for non basketball reasons, man. This dude has gone through a pain that nobody else should have to go through. So yeah. um Let's 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 keep him in our minds in terms of realness. If we're talking about, you know, we want to help this dude out in such a way, let's keep it real. Keep my man. Um, do what you can. You know, you might be a millionaire, but that man is hurting. So, support him. Now, in terms of just
2: Definitely. somebody who
3: needs to be to get on a better team, um, the refrain might start for Donovan Mitchell soon, depending on how the Jazz do. Mm-hmm. If they can become more than a middle of the road playoff contender. And they've been looking more than that in
2: the past couple weeks. Okay, go that's
3: good. Um, and I think Dame, because Dame's on an MVP type campaign, but the West just keeps reloading and reloading and reloading and reloading. And, reloading. and even when, when the Blazers do a lot, it's not it just doesn't seem to be enough. And I like Dame, so I like that. I've liked that team really since Brandon Roy. Mm. Um, so yeah. I would love to see Dame get to a spot where he can be a top three team, and the only thing that derails his chances is injury. But he has that pride that we also love and respect that he doesn't want to just jump on, uh, hop on the speedboat, hop on the Wolf of Wall Street yacht with other established stars. And I, I, I do respect that. But Portland's going to be kind of stuck in that um, low level Spurs spot where they're good enough that they're not going to be in the lottery. So they can't draft anybody who's a top talent. And they can't pick up too much um, with trades. And so they've got Dame, who was a, a fantastic player, CJ next to him, um, and Zach Collins developing in a good head coach, and that's that's really it. So I would love to see Dame go to a spot where he, where he has – if Dame was in New Orleans, man, they might not be as good as the Blazers, but I don't know.
2: You, it, it's it's easy to imagine him with a more multidimensional front court player, like an elite front court player, or or maybe even a wing or somebody who just does a little more than maybe CJ does. CJ's awesome, but, you know, he got injured too this year. You, you talk about Roy, you know, that's been a sort of a cursed franchise. Even years before Roy, as far as injuries go, it's been a cursed franchise, but they – definitely in, in recent years they seem to always have to deal with some sort of debilitating injury and CJ McCollum again is, as that's happened for them this year. So that's hurt them. But, you know, yeah, I, you know, picturing, uh, picturing, uh, Dame with like, like you say, a, a someone like, a uh, Zion or even someone like, you know, uh, you know, picturing him with someone like maybe, uh, uh, maybe a Spurs situation or something like that, where you got a uh, uh, what's my man name, Aldridge or somebody like that in the front court. It was reliable and who could do different things to take over a game or keep a game. And then and then and they also have some wing players too. Maybe you'd give up some one of them, but like a Murray or a Walker or somebody like that. You know, alongside him as well, who can do different things and defend, and uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of situations where he could definitely improve a team, and the team could be improved by him. You know, definitely. But and he could probably even be still be that guy where, like you said, Chris, where he's the number one and he's he's the leader on a championship team, like he wants to be. You know, that's what that is. What he wants to be, he wants to be the number one on a championship team. So, yeah,
1: I'll take this this point in time to. Shout out our, our beloved Derrick Rose. I love to see him get out of Detroit in this sort of situation. I just have no idea where he would go though. I know Portland has some open he, uh, book, he, he, uh, you know
2: you know who just you know who uh who's poked up in the last couple of days what about trade for him? Who New York, the Knicks back with Thibs, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I was I was hoping that it would be more of a okay, I, I want to see him playing for a playing for a chip man. I know uh Brooklyn has like some open roster spots, but I don't like his fit there. Like they need more like a yeah, they uh, need the bigger big big. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't really he doesn't fit the neatest in a lot of situations. Maybe, maybe uh the clippers, maybe coming off the bench
2: for them, maybe. I don't know. I I'm with you though. I I would like to see. You know, wrote you know, the, the the decisions that they made over the past year. You know, it's just made it like last year. I wasn't mad at him being in Detroit, but this year it's like you know, yeah, let them let them get somewhere else, man. You know, maybe I don't, I don't know. They just throw out a team, maybe a Boston or something, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but they got Brunson. Brunson is playing well, coming off of that bench. I don't, yeah. I don't know, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, my core. Yeah. I don't, or, well, you know, maybe – well, no. I don't know about Utah, man. You no, know, yeah. It's tough, I, I just I don't want them in Detroit anymore either. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, and just, you any- just in case just
1: in case we got anybody from U- Utah watching this, the, the Jazz are actually number one in the West right now, for what it's worth. Right. That's what he's saying. He won
2: they, they, won, they won 10 in a row. I, I didn't know <laughs> if he, They won 10 straight? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I they won call, 10 in a row, Chris. So. My
3: fault, Utah. I disrespected you. I, I will probably do it again at some point, but I, I, I rescind that disrespect. But before we catch the strap notice, aim for uh, Chris over there. <laughs> a,
2: it's, easy to sleep, it's easy to sleep on a team like Utah. It's not hard
1: But to to the point, though, even though they are number one, I don't, come on, man. It's two teams in the West, for real.
0: D. D Rose yeah. already had a chance to stay in, in Utah. He said, you know what? I'm going to take that buyout option, and I'll just leave and go somewhere else, right? He, he already well, you got know, that good. Yeah. Well, you know, that I, I was because they, they fans were assholes
2: too when they traded for him. And they was like, there was some dudes who was, <laughs> somebody made some stupid meme or something. And they was, they was, that's when that was before he, he started getting the 50 point games again and people was recognizing. So they was acting like, oh, we don't need that. You Utah. Ooh, Kyle was about Kyle. to say something. Uh, yeah, I was about. I was, I was about to. I was. I was gonna let it go. I, I'm, I'm gonna be. Um, I, I, was, I just. I said what I said. Though you, 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 you you'll be looking down on Derrick Rose, man.
0: I think someone that we should actually look out for when you talk about, you know, players that are on a trademark that want to be in a better situation, look out for Andre Drummond. I mean, Andre Drummond. He's the, He's on the last year of his contract deal. Um. Brooklyn, he might be and, uh, in that buyout. Mm-hmm. If he, if it gets bought out, he may be a Brooklyn net. That's that's That'd that's what's so circulating right bro. now. He we may be a Jared Brooklyn Allen. net. Or, <laughs> What'd you say? They had Joe. I'm,
3: I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, know, a I know. it's tough. No, no, it's cool. I mean, it's, it was tough. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you, I mean, you, you had to do what you had to do to get the deal done. So, unfortunately, that's what they had to do. But Andre Drummond, if you're talking about a short-term solution, put him on any type of contender. I mean, especially a, a team like Brooklyn that needs, you know, defense and rebounding. I mean, that's not a bad option to, to look at and go after. If, if you're the Nets, then he could pull that off. Or maybe if, the, if you're the Lakers, that can go in a buyout situation, get rid of somebody and get, maybe look out for, like, a, another JaVale McGee return if he asked for another buyout. Or, like I say, if you can get uh, Andre Drummond, I mean, the options are there for him, especially if he does the buyout. He gets his money. He can go somewhere else on a cheap deal. It, it, the, the options are out there, and I, I won't be surprised if if Brooklyn or LA pick up a guy like that, knowing that you know they need those big guys, especially if the Lakers are trying to repeat. You lost your Dwight Howard, and he played a pivotal role in that championship bubble team. So you don't have you don't have anyone really right now to replace that because Montrez Harold right now just he, he just not he ain't cutting it. So to get that backup yeah. person, you won't need a drumman. you will need a drumman. you you will need a JaVale McGee or someone along those lines to help booster that defense on the back end.
2: It's interesting, man. There's there's some potential game changers who are out there still, you know, they, there's been a lot of trades already in the league this season, but, you know, we, you know, we got uh, some time still going ahead, you know, with the, with the trade deadline and stuff. So we, you know, hopefully, hopefully, some of these guys will be saved. We'll, we'll get a life, life uh, vest thrown at them and stuff, and they'll be able to do something. I, I just want to see these type, these type of talented players playing in games that matter and playing. You know, have a get back in the spotlight, son. You know, it's, let's see them mix it up. You know, but um, we speaking of spotlight and mixing it up. You know, there's been some talk this week about. The uh, getting an All-Star game back going though the plans this year were, you know, as it started was to not have an All-Star game. There was gonna be a team that that teams that were gonna be picked. You no, know, they the voting is already commenced and stuff, and uh, but uh, they weren't gonna actually have a game. You know, the game was actually gonna be scheduled to be in Indianapolis. So, but uh, I, a lot of people I think are not missing out on that. Are <laughs> especially after having to come up here last year. But, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like it seems like this is a little bit of an okie-doke, too. And now they want to talk about having a game in Atlanta. So it's like, oh, well, we, we can't have it in Indianapolis, but how about we have a game in Atlanta, you know, like, as if people are going to be really crying about that, you know. But uh, they talk about having like a one-day type of event thing in Atlanta, and, of course, there's still the issues. We talked about on the show recently the COVID stuff that's going on. There's still, you know, teams are missing games. They're putting, pushing games back. Players are missing time and all this stuff. And, you know, you is it, is it worth it to put on this event to even try amidst what's going on with these contagions that's, you know, mutating and stuff and you know, you want to get a bunch of black folks together <laughs> down in Atlanta and, and, and party and kick it for a day or two. It's like, you know, I don't know. Is it worth doing just to, you know, and, and it's tough, though, because I, people I, I've heard some arguments be like, well, you know, it's the All-Star game. Some people may be selected for the All-Star game this year for the first time. You know, Zach Levine, probably primary in our heads to that degree or it may be the only time they get selected for All Star Game, and it's it's gonna kind it's gonna suck if they if this is the year where you get selected and you can't actually play in the game. But at the same time, you don't want to start a super spreader event in Atlanta or anywhere else. You know, I, what, what do y'all think about that? Let me just—I'm gonna be real quick.
1: If the worst part of your year is that you got selected to the All Star Game but couldn't play in the game because there was no game because of the pandemic, you're doing pretty good for yourself. Last thing yeah. I'll say, Agreed. we just had several cases pop up uh, going off the Christmas, you know, from Christmas to holidays. Why would you take the best players in the league, you know, take them away from their markets, throw them all yeah. into one spot, and then bring them back to their markets? I think they're just, yeah. they're just asking for trouble, man.
0: That's It's well said, man. Well all-star said. weekend and all-star game would not work. It, it it will not work unless you have Lou Williams and his special and his wings be the special uh, specialized sponsor. Oh, wait a minute, Lou And you <laughs> extend it to more than three weeks, and you extend it to Magic. more than two or three days because you know Magic party City in Atlanta ain't gonna be a one day event. <laughs> Magic City got to cater
2: everything and be a three week bubble. Huh?
0: Major City Magic City has to be the cater and the in the central location of partying. I mean, and that, it has to be yeah, more than one day. You go in and Atlanta, the halftime. Ain't and nobody wanna land a party for one day. Yeah, Magic City gotta be the halftime entertainment too. Oh my god. I'ma I'ma just say it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just say that. Most definitely you gotta
1: have <laughs> trying, trying to get me in trouble again, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I'm not eating <laughs> Magic <laughs> I'm not, if eating Ma- City wins, I'm not having Magic
2: City Drew. strippers. Just say you that for the wings, Drew.
1: There you go. Okay. Okay. they five star, right? I mean, exactly. That's, I, mean,
0: yeah. that's, hey, I mean, I still want to try. I, mean, I still want to try. <laughs>
3: hey, Kyle, you remember <laughs> the Dots effects line, right? That man going to be up in the strip club, wilding like Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, they 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 say they used to have they used to have some stories too. Pat Pat and them going down to Atlanta, man. They was they was getting it in back in the day.
3: <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't that where where who wants to sex Matumbo came from? Wow, <laughs> I think wow. so. I
1: think
2: so. When he <laughs> was a hawk, yeah. Was
1: that was that the idea from uh, Space Jam with them losing their
2: powers? Was that where the idea came from?
3: <laughs> what the secret the secret stuff? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they got drained, they got drained in, w- in more than one way, <laughs>
3: <laughs> bro. Oh,
1: yeah. god! Take that, take that, Steve
2: Nash dish and just slam <laughs> it home. They had to do you. Hey, I, I had to. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Mari back in ten, man. You know, hey, am CP- seven seconds hey, or less.
1: Bro. I'm CP3 and you, Blake Griffin, man.
2: Yeah, man. You been three sixty, Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't finish this show strong, man. We going to finish it strong. Oh, uh, I, 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 I kind of want it now. I, I was, I did argue myself in the with the All Star game now. <laughs> uh, um, oh, no. just no. <laughs> I um. No, I'm gonna say no.
3: I'm gonna just keep saying no. <laughs> We got um, we got strains coming out of Brazil, South Africa. No.
2: Yeah. Oh, who, who knows what strain will develop out of Atlanta All Star Weekend? That a whole new strain will develop there. We'll be we'll be done after that. That strain get out. He said all the players go back to disperse to their cities. Oh, man. <laughs> It'll be the walking dead by by Fourth of July.
1: Man, no doubt.
2: Disperse. No doubt
0: here, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Magic That's City will still good. be kicking, and Lou will still right. be finding a way to get them wings. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, that'll be what he's surviving on the wings. Right? <laughs> oh, oh y'all, y'all crazy, man. I got one more thing I want to bring up something here. Um. Uh, <laughs> Let y'all, we're gonna do a catch up, uh, where are they now with uh, Tim Donaghy. Mm.
3: Oh, <laughs> man, that's uh, like, should I should I hit Google right now?
2: Well, we, well, we, yeah, we go, we go, oh, I hate. Oh, there go, there we go. This is MLW uh, Caribbean Championship, Caribbean Strap Match.
3: No, you got it. Between be.
2: Richard Holiday and Savio Vega. And Can you recognize the referee? I gave it away, but. <laughs> 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 that is indeed wow, Tim, Tim, Tim Donaghy as the referee, re- referee wrestling right now. Wow. And uh there's a story on Sports Illustrated about this. Y'all can look it up, sportsillustrated.com. dot com. But uh
3: first of all, Savio Vega's still wrestling. That's
2: yeah, you remember Sabio? Yeah.
3: Yes, sir. Be. Yeah. I didn't know he was Puerto Rican. <laughs> wow. Yo, indie indie wrestling is a bug out, bro. <laughs> indie What's wrestling is is a is a real bug out. I've thought about being a wrestling announcer a couple years. I actually thought of all those. Um, if y'all haven't seen, I think there's three guys now on YouTube who do it, but these alternative intros and outros for the for tracks, and it's a lot of Griselda Records tracks that they do. Oh yeah, for. yeah, with the
2: with the uh, the, the samples. samples, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and it, and they have the one for R.I.P. Bobby. Um yeah yeah off I think Hitler wears Hermès. Look, look at Don, look at Donaghy though. He's, <laughs> let me see if it's working over Look at that boy right there man. I'd actually pull it up on a different tab.
0: I mean you got to get your money somewhere I guess. He should know better. He cheat he he cheat. He got his money cheating, so he should know better.
3: Well, it's it's wrestling though, so he can do it legally if he if he wants. <laughs> he could cheat for somebody if he um if <laughs>
2: walking out with him. Daddy <laughs> don't care, man.
3: <laughs> also, you see Kyle Flex in here, he got YouTube premium. <laughs>
2: oh, Oh yeah, I can't watch YouTube any other way. Damn them commercials! My
3: guy said <laughs> the same thing. He got premium. He said he's never going back.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess he. I guess naturally, he's working as a as a crooked. Wrestling referee now, which is you know, I it it is like you say you gotta get your money. He you can't work in the NBA, <laughs> so yeah. you know it's, it's pretty funny. But I, I just ha- I just thought of that you know because uh, Shaq apparently is is also going to be involved in wrestling again. He's going to fight Cody Rhodes in AEW. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with the NBA now in uh in wrestling, but what what. I'll, I'll just before we go out. I was just wondering if you could book, if you could fantasy book an a wrestling NBA connection thing or WNBA or whatever. You know what would what would you book?
0: Anything like, with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did, but that, yeah, we have.
2: Well, we've seen that. But yeah, that Do but he, he does have the Do experience. It yeah.
0: <laughs> Do it again. Entertain so, me know. again. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm gonna go a little left field of this left field topic and say Dane and, and uh Russell Westbrook.
2: Mm. Oh, in a, in a Caribbean strap you. match, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I like to see them in a strap match, tie them together, yeah, see who survive. Mm-hmm. or Hell in a Cell. <laughs> it's gotta be. We're talking current, MB, uh, I current prefer Shaq NBA? uh, current MB, what up? What up? I mean, Shaq is involved, so yeah, we don't have to be current
3: any of the any of the stay ready all-stars um my first thought was matt barnes <laughs> matt barnes looked matt barnes looked like he could hit somebody with a missile drop kick he still looked like he's in good enough shape
2: yeah his knees are good good enough probably to, mm-hmm. to do that yeah yeah that'd be dope i will i I'll trying to th- i don't know man maybe maybe uh let me see who really hate on each other? And, yeah, maybe Shaq. I, I, Shaq is gonna do this wrestling thing. Maybe Chuck could come out with a uh, with a rag of ether and uh, put the, do some old school stuff. And put put the put the ether on Shaq and, and and make him fall out. And then uh Cody Cody will do his finish on him. I'm book. I'm booking that match. I think that'll be fun. And then they'll go back to the studio and. Um, you know do a do a iron man match or something man <laughs> oh. that would not last an hour yeah it, it, it would be an iron man match for if uh 3 minutes that would be an iron man match for sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's i don't know it's just funny <laughs> just uh, i i didn't know we were going to we was going to go in so good on the i would have left it at the uh the Atlanta stuff but we I didn't know we're gonna go in so much, but I, I wanted to go out on a light note anyway with the wrestling stuff. But that was that's what's going on though in, in the NBA and in basketball in general. Uh, had a lot of fun on this one, guys. Appreciate you. Uh that was running with war for this week, man. We uh gonna wrap it up as yeah, just about 10 o'clock here. We're gonna wrap it up. And uh yeah, we'll be back next week as usual, keeping a keeping uh, abreast of the latest in all forms of basketball. I think we uh, should have a guest next week as well. Uh, I hollered at my man Ashish from uh, from uh, Clutch Points, uh, you know, big big on uh, Derrick Rose stuff. See, and that, that's what made me reach out to him was when I heard about Rose and uh, the Knicks sniffing around Rose. So we'll see if next week if Rose get traded, that'll be a good, good thing to talk about with Ashish. But uh, we could talk about the Bulls and stuff as well. You know, he's big on the Bulls and everything as well. He's a Chicago guy. So, you know, we'll have a, a first-time runner on next week with us. But, uh, yeah, that's it for now, though. Uh, Any guys got anything else you want to get off your minds before we uh, head out? Yeah, I just want to leave everybody with this,
1: man. When you have a chance to get uh, one of the premier scorers in the league in Bradley Bill, you don't hesitate with Tally Hero.
2: Definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree with that, Drew. That's a good one. That's one to grow on. That's all I got. <laughs>
0: yeah. If you have to go to Atlanta, do not go to Magic City. <laughs> Why not? If you want to be saved. Don't go to Magic City. <laughs> you want to be saved. A lot of you'll go to Atlanta
2: to be saved for for yeah. the most part, Josh.
0: Uh, that's not why a lot of people. I mean, it's true, way. but I'm thinking about my man Drew. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about my man Drew. For the people that want to go and mm-hmm. have fun, but they can't do too much. You know, you want to want to stay safe. Stay
1: safe. I, you know,
0: I'm. got I see. I, I don't want
2: to go out on a on a, a bad <laughs> note, but I think I got to acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to acknowledge uh, Sekou Smith uh, as we go yeah. out. Uh, R.I.P to him yeah. I think that's a guy who so you know, everybody who was involved with basketball was touched by in some way the the news of his passing you know definitely uh wish you know the best to all those who were closest to him I I was fortunate enough to be friends with him online and you know friends with him through a uh you know Black Journalists National Association of Black Journalists you know I got got him to come on to the Dean Davis show uh you know early in our, in our our history, and you know, he like I said, he just was a, a great guy, really open and and uh, you know, open and uh, generous with his time and his knowledge to everybody who he saw coming up in the game. So definitely, uh, you know, we uh, RIP to Sekou, and uh, you know, take care of yourselves, man. All you brothers out there, all you sisters, take care of yourselves, man. So many. It's hard, man, just to get to 50, man, when you when you in this, you know, when you black in America, it can be hard to get to 50 and, you know, just try your best to make that happen, man. Especially nowadays with all this, these uh, airborne pathogens and everything that's going on, man. Don't be out there silly, and, you know, take care of yourself, take care of those around you. So we're going to leave it at that, you know, uh, peace and blessings to everybody out there. Let's, uh hope y'all make it with us for another week and you know we'll uh we'll see y'all then man keep bouncing you know keep living y'all